the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back for another week. And fellas, a lot to get to. Baltimore Ravens back in the playoffs, back against the Cincinnati Bengals twice in two weekends. Um, We have a starting five draft of worst blowouts in honor of Monday night's absolutely horrendous national championship game in division one football. Uh, But before we get to that, we have to talk about the Ravens Sunday night football is on super wild card weekend is where the Ravens will play. They will go go to Cincinnati after losing to the Bengals on Sunday. Um, They hope to have Tyler Huntley back or Lamar Jackson back. Somebody else has got to play quarterback besides Anthony Brown. No disrespect to you, Mr. Brown. Um, And, you know, the question is, did the Ravens play enough rope-a-dope on Sunday to maybe have the Browns or the Bengals a little overconfident, maybe win a game? Or is this going to be a kind of brutal end to a brutal and stressful last month and a half to two months of the Ravens season? What say you, Banks? I feel like it's going to be one or the other. We're just going to come out um, and play physical and play awesome and dominate these guys, or it's just going to be a complete dumpster fire, and we're just going to be thankful by the third quarter that this this stupid season is coming to an end. Um, Sunday, like, I'm almost worried we played a little too well. You know, the rope-a-dope strategy, a little sandbag action. Look at the box score. Take away the turnovers, and the Ravens are in that game. I mean, they outgained the Bengals by over 100 yards. Anthony Brown threw for more yards than Joe Burrow. The Bengals, on their final 15 plays, gained 16 total yards. They had five three-and-outs. I guess one of them was a four-and-out, technically, to finish the game. And they were throwing the ball on three of those drives. The last two drives, okay, they were just running in the line, run the clock out, whatever. But um, I didn't come away impressed by that by the Bengals whatsoever in that game. They played their first-team offense out there. I mean, the first drive, they they moved the football down the field. They put points on the board. But Joe Burrow made like three or four throws that were like, oh, man, if uh, I keep I keep almost calling him Vance Worley. <laughs> if Daryl Worley is <laughs> not Daryl Worley, I think there's there. He has at least two balls picked off on that drive. And Worley got got abused all day. And that was to be expected, given, you know, Nobody's talking about Brandon Stevens in the hospital. That's been a weird development. But is the, was there any update? Maybe we may get one on I Wednesday. Don't even but know. He might still be there. I have no clue. No clue. So, um, anyways, we still ran the football pretty well without J.K. Dobbins. We get J.K. Dobbins back. They're down a couple linemen on their side. I mean, I think we can give them a real fight with Tyler Huntley and if Lamar actually comes out and plays this game, which I'll be honest, I don't necessarily expect that to happen, but you never know. I We could do it. I mean, we could, we could win this game and we could, you know, I don't know. Who knows? You win one, you start to get on a roll, you get your confidence. Who the, who the hell knows? But defense is, is still doing their thing. Already Has there been any update on Gus Edwards with the concussion? Don't know about that one. Because I was going to say, I think that we're going to know a lot more about a lot of these things on Wednesday. We unfortunately picked the day to record before, you know, the Wednesday, Thursday sort of news cycle on a lot of these injuries. Um, yeah. I think we're going to get some more, some more clarification there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with with Banks to a certain extent. 
I think I don't think this team will roll over and die, you know, like by its own volition. Like I don't think these guys are going to come out and be bad. But if Anthony Brown's starting at quarterback, I just don't think there's any pathway for them to win the game. If Huntley or Lamar is, there's a pathway to win the game, and they might just not have a. They just might not have enough. Like they might lose by you know. 14 to 20, just because they're just not good enough at this point to get anything else done, which it will be kind of the culmination of us seeing a general level of performance that would, that if, you know, the Bengals are as good as people would like to think that they are, that maybe the Ravens get, you know, just beat by them in a home playoff game. And that is what it is, but I don't see, I don't feel like we've seen any sort of like checking out by the Ravens in any of these games. And that's never been a part of the organization DNA. It's not a part of John Harbaugh. It's not a part of a lot of the veterans in the organization. So I don't think there will be like a, I don't think there's going to be like, Oh God, like this is all kind of coming to an end. I think they're going to come out and play inspired. It will be a question if they can finally put together a performance on both sides of the ball to beat a good team like this um, in, on, in a big spot. Um, which it feels like the Ravens have played a lot of games against very middling teams and just played middling football, maybe with some of the, you know, horses back, whether that be Huntley leading that charge or Lamar leading that charge, perhaps they step up to the plate and they're like, we're not going down like this and put together kind of a vintage Ravens road playoff game performance that we've seen in some of the, the runs to, 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 to high heights over the, you know, years of this organization. It'll be interesting. You know, I guess we have to touch on Lamar. Still really no update. I think there is now a narrative this week, and we were listening to Jim Trotter clip before we got on of like, look, this is not contract related. This guy just isn't healthy. And I think RDT, you brought up like a nice point of like J.K. Dobbins this season came back and was like, wait a minute, this is not right. I'm not right. I got to go do a little bit more. And now he's right perhaps that's the situation with Lamar and just everyone's so hopeful he was going to come back with the messaging early on. It's like, Oh, it's week to week. Like he could go back any of these weeks as opposed to, you know, he's definitely going to be out six weeks and hopefully he's back for the playoffs. We hope, we hope, but it's not guaranteed. Maybe that would have changed people's expectations in some way. Um, I kind of agree with Trotter. I know we've done a ton of speculation over all the different reasons Lamar couldn't play probably pretty clear it's just because he doesn't feel healthy enough to come back and play not if not necessarily just of a contract like even if Lamar came back and played and unless he like had a devastating injury like if he just re-aggravated the same injury whether it's the Ravens or not he's going to get paid a ton of money by somebody like he would have to really really like do something bad very very bad out there now we did see like RG three played, you know, played with a knee hurt and came out and got his knee ripped to shreds and was never the same guy again. And maybe if you're Lamar, you're just avoiding doing that because you're protecting your future. But I just think this guy's this guy doesn't feel right, and if he doesn't feel right, he's not going to play. And kind of is what it is. I, I I I've come around that that narrative makes sense to me. It's like this guy would like to play, but he's not going to do it if he doesn't feel comfortable. And does he owe it to the organization to come out? I mean, not necessarily. They haven't paid him. So, I mean, he doesn't necessarily owe it to anybody to come out and play. And he's the guy, and as we've said, and I feel like his teammates have always said this, he's like a ride-or-die guy with those guys in the locker room. So you would think the only thing he wants to do is come out and go into battle with them. And Claude doesn't feel comfortable doing it. So we'll see. And if not, it better be Tyler Huntley because we've seen the alternatives at this point.
it, the whole thing has genuinely been kept under wraps and kept close to the vest by the team and the organization, Lamar, whatever. I finally have gotten a crack into a source of a, at least some sort of semblance of uh, what's going on there. And it's pretty much what Trotter said. Lamar isn't comfortable playing on his knee, but physically everything is okay. It's just a matter of just comfortability. It's just, it's kind of in line with whatever Trotter was saying about how PCL sprains work. You know, you, you might have the stability or you might be able to go out and do things, but it doesn't mean it feels right. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, you feel free and loose to kind of do things without some level of hindrance. Um, my only thing though, is like, if there's a time to do it, I mean, you have to, you have to come back from this injury at some point. And yes, I understand that there's eight months of layoff time in theory beyond this, but like, even if you can't do all the things that you normally do, Lamar Jackson is still quite an improvement over what we've had at the quarterback position. You just put all kinds of braces on the thing, tape it up. I don't know if he's the ride or die guy that he's being described to be either. That knee is a lot worse and just like these things aren't true. And it's just legitimately like bad or it flies right in the face of that whole notion. Like, I think that there's a way we could play without needing him to run the football and make all kinds of cuts and do all kinds of things. I think he can play as a limited version of himself and still be effective to some degree. So um, the fact that he hasn't, and this is where we hold our breath and see what happens tomorrow or Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this, see if he even comes out and takes a crack at getting out on the field. Like we'll see. Of course, he could be testing it all the time. We'd have no idea, but there's just been no, um, there's been no signs that he's even like given it a shot. So I don't know. He there was a weird video last year, the or not video, but like he came out and tried to practice on that bum ankle the one time, and he looked terrible. And then he packed it in. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I've been we thinking were like about analyzing the footage. I've been thinking about just dropping that video again. <laughs> and just saying that it's, it. it's Lamar's on the field and just like letting Twitter burn down. Damn. But it's just that would be good. We're just in such such absolute precarious position here as a fan base. I couldn't do that. I just couldn't do it. So what day, what's the latest like that Lamar can practice and realistically play. It has to be. It has to be Wednesday. Right? To, I think he has to practice tomorrow. Has to. It be. feels that way. Because they're not going to practice Saturday. Friday's going to be a walkthrough. He's got. I think he has to come out and do something tomorrow. And I think if he doesn't, I think you know everything you need to know there. That's part of part of like, all right, this whole facade of not letting the other team know what's going on. And the fact that it's like, oh, we make them game plan for two quarterbacks and all that type of stuff. What? Why can't Lamar go out there and just throw some balls through a tire? You know, why can't he just mm -hmm. stand at the 10 yard line and throw some balls at the goalposts? And just like, you know what I mean? Like, if, it's if he's seen out there. Yeah. Just to even like play into that notion. Like, it's. Again, like Taylor, like you said, Taylor, he doesn't really owe us or the team anything. But if that's the narrative behind him and he wants he wants to do stuff for his guys and be that ride or die guy, like at least buy in and, and sell the play fake, you know? 
you, you know what I think of too in like a situation like this? I think of all the games with Steve McNair. Like, and again, both teams have seen it now, like leading up to the playoffs, just being like, he can't practice, but he's going to play. And he did that in playoff games and he did that in regular season. And again, that was a guy who was like, he will go out there regardless of what's happening. He'll get surgery on a Sunday and he'll be out there the next Sunday, stuff like that, where again, you hear dog, you know, the guy wants to play for his teammates. And then, like you said, it's being said about Lamar, but then it's like, oh, well, like you said, it's kind of time to put up or shut up. Like it, it, it's, it's just, it's all very interesting because like you said, everything Harbaugh is saying is being um, dissected and, and looked at and being like, well, he said this and, you know, and, and like we talked about before we went on, maybe the, maybe the worst thing that Harbaugh could have done and it was unintentional was after the injury say, you know, it's, we're going to take it like week by week. And, you know, it's a two to three week injury, blah, blah, blah. Which again, that gave everyone hope. Like, okay, okay, we'll play this, this, and that. Oh, all right, he'll be, he could be back by that first Steelers game. He should be back by that first Steelers game, which was what four weeks ago now. So you know, I mean, it was the expectation of everyone kind of getting their hopes up, and then that's when the the notion and the 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 storylines kind of turned into like, oh well, we were told two to three weeks. Now it's five to six weeks, and like you said, I mean, the guy, that player, telling Trotter, you know, he sprained his PCL week one, and he still doesn't feel right. And Banks, you went into it. I mean, it, it, if it's a mental thing with him, that's a tough hurdle to get over. We've seen that in plenty other athletes. Like you said, RG3, there's been Wentz, you know, is another guy who was never the same after having a knee injury, obviously different situations. But it's like talk to anyone who has that knee injury, especially with a guy with a, 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 a the, the, the game of a Lamar Jackson where he can just do so much. It's got to be in the back of his head. But like you said, Brian, like. You don't need him to rush 18 times for 200, you know, 185 yards to to win this game. If he can go out there and stick in the pocket and throw lasers like we've seen him do, I mean that that you know why can't they beat the Bengals? So it's I don't know. I mean, for, again, from the outside looking in, it's a very it's a very confusing situation and frustrating. It's got to be frustrating for Ravens fans and you know, like like you said, they could they maybe the team knows something and Harbaugh knows something and they're just. Like you said, keeping it super close to the vest, and maybe they are, but it's I I don't know. The next couple of days are gonna, like you said, are gonna be very tense, and people are gonna be on edge, and probably a lot of notifications going up for, uh, you know, Jonah Schaefer and 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 Ryan Mintz and all those guys just waiting on updates for that. Uh, whenever the injury report comes out on Wednesday, I do believe that there's there's a small group of players that are a little bit frustrated with the entire situation too, that are kind of like, hey what gives like, why can't he get out there? What, you know, I, people who have gone through long injuries that have bought, you know, fought their way back and are out there on the field or at least trying to be out there. And they look to the guy who's supposed to be the leader and the quarterback of the team. And they're not seeing the same. You can see how that can be frustrating. Yeah. So, he's got Oakley's in a hoodie on when you've got guys getting taped up and shot up and, you know, again, and like you said, I mean, that's the leader. That's, that's your guy. That's the face of the franchise. That is the, the, I mean, he's he's everything in the city right now. And again, it's as a player, I would hundred percent understand why it would be frustrating. Cause again, if it's week seven, yeah, dude, don't push it. Fucking wait, you know, get better and all that. And now it's kind of like, all right, man, again, it was, it was what December 4th, the, the curse of the of two friends. Um, we're, we're going on <laughs> to January 11th wow. and, and <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but um, I don't know if we can, I don't, we can't say that. That's I mean, I'm not blaming them, but I, that was, yeah. And by the way, you could have said the curse you, of anybody and you said them. 
Well, yeah. that and is that not what the tailgate was? Curse of Russell Wilson. It could be the curse of Daniel Hackett. It could have been anyone in that stadium. But you said two friends. Yeah, and you didn't even come to two friends. So what? What can you yeah. say? I, I I had a notion. I had a feeling something was going on, and I didn't want to be oh, anywhere around that stadium. Oh, you know, oh, I just it was it was not for me. But I, I, um, the, no, I was. Just, it's an interesting point, Banks. You make about like sell and we just don't know so we just do the speculation like to sell the pump fake a little bit like just come out and like walk around the practice field every week yeah like come out to the media availability do stuff that's really easy maybe he doesn't want to like put a brace on in front of them or something and show that maybe that's some some sort of there's some visual that there's speculation everything you hear about he doesn't have one by the way yeah, whatever it is. This is the week where they're going to pump fake it. He should be out there tomorrow doing something, throwing something. I don't know what he would do, but like if you're going to help me, that would help the team. That would at least make the Bengals be like, all right, I guess we have to. Not that the offense is like totally different, but we have to at least think about the possibility of this guy playing. I, it causes a little more stress in, this, in the Bengals building. I, I don't know. This whole thing has become like very redu- redundant, and I'm glad – it's going to come to an end at some point because we'll be able to move on. Then you have like the, like, you know, jets beat reporters names escaping me. It was like, Oh, you know, Joe Douglas is very interested in Lamar. If he becomes available and that, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. I mean, that's probably getting put out through the organization of like putting out the feelers to see what happens. So that stuff's also going to start to happen whenever the Raven season ends. So um, it'd be great if he played this week. I honestly think, either Huntley or Lamar is who they uh, they just need somebody that's that's competent and they have a chance to win the football game I don't think they're going to win this game I think this will be the end of our our journey with this current team I just don't you just don't it just the vibes have just I'm a big vibes guy RDT as you know I just don't the vibes are not good they're just not like all the team that's going to go out in this and I hope to god they prove me wrong I will be as ecstatic as anyone but I just this feels like we have been building towards this sort of unceremonious first round playoff departure for over a month now. That's just where it's been going. Um, but you have some guys defensively that I think are going to have a lot to say about that, including the newly re-signed Roquan Smith, which I think it's good to talk about in good Ravens contract news. RDT made the point was that was then went on our Twitter. The Ravens signed a player who represented himself. Gave him a record-setting contract for an inside linebacker, which I don't think I need to tell anyone listening to this show that that is a position that the Ravens have heavily invested in for years and years and have a very storied history with and have a lot of pride in that position. Roquan Smith has been, you know, no other word but excellent since joining the Ravens after the midseason trade to the Bears. And clearly Eric DaCosta had a plan, to, and it was put out by every beat reporter, had a plan to bring this guy in, have him buy into the culture, Knew they were going to need to pay through the nose to get him, but he's clearly made the team better. I mean, he's made Patrick Queen better. He's made, you know, all these other guys have sort of flourished around him. Um, I love that they locked him up. I think I think it was maybe after the Saints game where he debuted. It was like we watched it. It was like, okay, like this guy needs to be on the team for a while. Uh, he's just a guy yeah, that he, he fits. is he perfect for the city. It's the perfect. Tone. Yeah. Yep, it's perfect for the 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 vibe of the franchise. It's 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 uh you know a guy you want in the middle of your defense for a while. Love that they locked him up, and you know I don't know if there's another take. I think it's a great it. Somebody tweeted it. It was like this was a great move for both sides. Like the Bears got draft picks out of a guy they weren't going to resign, and the Ravens gave up 
the right amount for a guy they ended up giving a ton of money who's going to be an all pro they hope for five to six years it's also it's not like it's a stupid amount of money it wasn't like uh this is going to cripple the salary cap or anything like like it seems like a very reasonable it's obviously a great contract for roquan but it wasn't like it's like uh the ravens are going to be fucked in a couple years because they gave out stupid money to to roquan like i i think it like you said i think it's fine for both sides there as well yeah 25 year old linebacker too like he's been around yeah, the league for a young. while. He's only 25. So um, they've got him locked up. They've got Humphrey long, locked up. They've got Stanley locked up. They've got Andrews locked up. They have all these guys that make up the core of this team besides Lamar Jackson that are all in here for the long term. And, I mean, you touched on all the, all the things, Taylor. Like, he's a great football player. He brings leadership. That He's done that from the jump. I mean, he was leading huddles. And all those types of things within days of joining the team, um, you know, within two days of him joining the team, Mike McDonald says, this guy already knows the playbook. Like he knows it frontwards and backwards. He's leading our defense. Like he's our guy. And he's done that for eight weeks. And the the, the numbers all, all show it. I mean, we went from around 20th and virtually all um, statistical categories to top five in the, the second half of the season. So this guy's clearly a difference maker. We've talked tons about what he frees up other guys to do, like Patrick Queen. So I'm thrilled to have him for the long term, but even more so, you know, with the way that this season has just kind of tailspun for the second year in a row, and honestly, 2020 was kind of a fizzle out too, where, you know, they they flamed out in Buffalo, and it, it's just seemed to get worse and worse once that Thanksgiving COVID uh snafu was going on we i mean we've we basically tailspun three years in a row down the stretch and this one feels like the worst one of all with all this lamar drama and and it just it started to feel like it was getting more and more likely that and you know this still goes for lamar you know we don't know what's going to happen there anything could happen this offseason but the the off chance of us just kind of doing a total rebuild, just like an overhaul, just sell everybody off, just tear it all down. That was starting to creep into the back of my head. So for them to go and give a guy that kind of money, a guy they want around here, and um, the fact that they're investing in their defense says to me that they've got a plan. And that plan is not to tear things down. The plan is to stick to that identity, play Baltimore football. That much I love. We're not going anywhere anyone anytime soon. Who knows if it's with Lamar or not? We have all the time in the world to talk about that, whether it be Sunday night after the game, Sunday before the game, all offseason. But the Baltimore Ravens are not folding in, you know, for 2023, 2024, and beyond. The our guy um Spencer put out this tweet. Ravens core over the next three years, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, Roquan Smith, Mark Andrews, Ronnie Stanley. It's a pretty, I mean, that's a group of guys that could all be all that are all could all be all pros, all signed up to long term deals. Um, and as you said, Banks, the question is, is who is the quarterback at the head of all of that? And if that's Lamar, and you know, whether you know, they probably at this point, you're pro- they're probably going to move on from Greg Roman. You'd think so if it's Lamar and a new offensive coordinator, you probably feel pretty good about that going forward if they can go and make the moves to fill in a couple of the other gaps at receiver and, and all those different things or get guys healthy, you know, and and, and be able to kind of function within that. Um, yeah, I, I think it's that's a very good point 
you know, the idea of like the get rid of the potential franchise quarterback because you can't come to an agreement with them. And then maybe you have like one season where you go, you know, you have a, a, a tear down where you get a top 10 top pick top and then you go from there. They're clearly not, as you said, Banks, they're clearly not doing that. I mean, you don't, unless you don't just give a guy this type of money for those type of years and then go start selling everybody else. I mean, they are locking in pieces over the next four to five years to try to win in that range with whoever the quarterback is. And I'm sure that's being put in place with the idea that I will be Lamar. And if then if that's not Lamar, that will be the incredibly fascinating solution for Eric DaCosta to find is who does he then go get to either offensively fill into the kind of the philosophy they have built or try to change midstream with a different a quarterback with a different skill set. That is going to be a that will be then ultimately be one of the things that defines DaCosta's legacy as a general manager is if he has to change that midstream and figure out offensively what he could put with a defensive core that is unbelievably talented um, and is only enhanced by guys that are on long-term deals like Kyle Hamilton and all these, you know, younger guys that are on the, you know, the rookie deal or whatever that fill in all the other gaps. Yeah. So that's what is going to make, regardless of how the Ravens season ends here, that is what's going to make the off season so fascinating if they lock up Lamar, it's like, all right, full steam ahead, Lamar, this type of offense, whether that's Greg Roman or somebody else leading it, off, you know, offensive coordinator-wise, and then you have this defense that we've seen. I mean, at, since Roquan got here, and you know, they have been fantastic defensively. They really have. And so who then goes with that? If it's Lamar, then you're, you're like, all right, can we figure this out? Get Lamar back to where he needs to be, score a lot of points, give up none, win Super Bowl. If it's not Lamar, that will I will that will be so intriguing to see. Does he go get the Derek? Car- you know, you start like naming their veterans, or do they figure Garoppolo. out a way in the draft, or do they figure out a way in the draft to go get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or one of those guys? That will be incredibly fascinating, and well, as you said, we have a ton of time to talk about that. But I agree with you, Banks. I think as like a as like a you know calm the decks on maybe the Ravens going through a couple of years of turmoil. They're clearly not planning on doing it. They are planning on winning. So yeah. that's nice to see. And that's what they've done. I mean, that is what they've done historically. They have never really mailed it in. They they try to win every single year for the most part. Yeah, I mean, look at it from 10,000 feet. The defense is very talented, like we've talked about. Roquan Smith is relatively young. Patrick Queen, um, young. Kyle Hamilton has been awesome. I don't know that he's gotten the credit he deserves. He's been a, a great asset. Marcus Williams, we signed him. He's, I think he's only 24, 25 too. He's young. Um, and then we've got all these pass rushers that are kind of projects. It, David Ajabo made a play on Sunday. Um, you know, we're all kind of waiting for OA to break through. And you've got some well, I was going to say, what do, what, 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 do think about there, but... what do we think about Owe right now? What do we think he about Owe? Is... He, got just... he got juked out of his cleats the he other day. That was so is... bad. He's he, interesting he is to talk so, about. so impressive. It's just impressive how he does not get a quarterback onto the ground. It is truly <laughs> fascinating. The man is... There is no match for this man in terms of getting towards the quarterback, but not putting him on the ground. He's I don't quite a specimen. He's fast. He chases guys around and he, you know, he beats guys off the ball and, you know, but does he get guys on the ground? Golly, nobody better than him and not getting that done. I don't know if you guys know this, but he didn't have a sack his senior year, or, you know, his last I year. Heard well, this is what I, this, 
this is what I'm saying though. This is so funny. Like the night of the draft, I remember us being like, oh, whatever. Like that's an outlier. The physical tools that they figured out. And now we are talking about his distinct talent for not being able to get sacks after a guy that couldn't get a second Penn State his senior year. It's almost like people it's tried to tell us that he couldn't get it back. I know. I know. <laughs> it's going to see this coming. Like the guy who can't hit a curveball. If he like plays his way out of the league, or at least out of the idea of being a dominant pass rusher for a guy that literally couldn't get the quarterback on the ground his senior year of college, and everyone's like, ah. All the tools are there. It doesn't matter. They'll figure it out. And then he just You're, couldn't do it. Like maybe he's just like maybe he's just he has like a, an illness. He just can't sack a quarterback. His six sacks in his career so far. It's not even like I would have thought. <laughs> it's it's like you're not even going to be able to do like old takes. It's exposed because it's just going to be like they're not old takes. It's everyone being like, yeah, he couldn't sack the quarterback. Like if that said, he could. Three. You know? He has three sacks this year. I would say that is a major disappointment. I was for a guy you yeah, took in the first in the high single digits. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, sacks. he's he had, still project. He has one against, one against one against Buffalo, one against Denver, a half sack against Cleveland, and a half sack this last week. He got credited for a half sack. How about that? How about that? Yeah, I mean, like they're they're gonna lose Kalias, and they're gonna lose probably Justin Houston in the near future. Matabike is a dude up front. Broderick Washington's a dude up front. They've got some talent on the defensive line. I'm sure they'll supplement it. Brent Urban's probably also not going to be around for the long term. But the defense has teeth, you know? I'd say Marcus Peters, the one guy in the secondary that might not be here too long, but, you, you know, you're always drafting corners. You're always getting guys there. I think Brandon Stevens has progressed. He's, I'm not going to say that he's all world or anything, but he's he's made some strides this season. So I think the defense is just positioned to be a top five defense for the next half decade. Once you have that in place and you've got JK Dobbins in the mix and you've got the offensive line that they have, the offensive line is tremendous. Ronnie Stanley has been everything that we'd hoped he could be when he came back. And Linderbaum has been a dude since he's, you know, in there and, and Mark, you know, we've got some other guys in there. Zietler's a veteran and Morgan Moses is a veteran. I don't know how long they'll be around, but the pieces are all there for us to just, for Lamar to just say, God damn oh, it. As his mic turns off, his mic breaks. Oh, that was God damn so it. Too. Oh, no, he's muffling <laughs> that. One of the worst chords, one of the worst chords in the business. Let's see if he comes back. Just an impassioned rank on the waist. There we go. Go. There you go. There I know go. exactly when go. it You're... clicks back on because I lose my, I lose it in my ears too. <laughs> when my mic cuts off. <laughs> Oh, and he cut off again. He jumped, he jumped the mic too much. You need a new cord. This is so bad. This is so unbelievably bad. Where was time. I? God damn it. <laughs> we'll you do it live. You said, the place, you said the pieces are in place for Lamar to just, and then it went out. It was re-up. Re-up, Lamar. Let's ride. Whether it be this Sunday or long term. The pieces are all there. It's mutually beneficial. Just take the deal. Take the deal. And if not, it's an attractive as hell place for some other quarterback to come in and do the job. Yep. Uh, Travis Jones also want to throw in that defensive line group as a talent. Correct. As well. Good call. And yep. real quick, so just go get a receiver to in the draft or Hopkins, Hopkins, whatever is out there. He's going to be on the market. Go get one of those dudes and, the, and a quarterback will figure itself out. I got a question and they this is it. probably more of a, more of a hypothetical for the offseason again and once we figure out what's going on with everything say they fire roman 
how tough is it going to be to get an offensive coordinator to come in when you have no idea what's going to go on with Lamar? Like, like a big name, like, like, you know, I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be that tough because I think that I think this is an assumption. I think that there is a lot of respect for what the Ravens do around the league. I think there's a lot of respect for John Harbaugh as a head coach. I would assume he is a guy that assistant coaches like to work for. We haven't heard a lot of like sniping back at John Harbaugh after assistants have left for the most part. There's always going to be a little bit of that stuff as you like go through the league. I've but like forgotten that dude's name. <laughs> the yeah. uh, 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 the old man. Uh, Vic, Vic Fangio. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would think they would be able to get somebody in here. I also think the Lamar thing is not going to drag into the offseason that deep. I think they're going to want to make a decision on that because, like, like, like they're not. He's not going to play for the Ravens next season franchise. I just can't imagine that happening. Like someone, there's just too much. There's too much up in the air for you to do that. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because I think the Ravens are going to try to, once again, speculation are going to try to move quickly, figure out if this guy's signing long-term, and if not, go and deal him, and then go from there and figure out what they want to do offensively. I don't I don't know if it was Jake or Spencer. Spence. One of them or someone on Ravens Twitter was talking about, like, we are, we will know where Lamar Jackson is going to play football by the like by the draft at the very latest. You know, the very, I think very that's latest. Exactly right. the totally, that's exactly right. Totally agree. Yeah. It had yeah. because for both parties they have to. Lamar wants to get a long term deal, and if he's the Ravens are not going to sign him. He does not. I'm sure he does not want to get franchised. And mm. I don't think the Ravens, who I think we talked about to this do a that. million years ago, how the Ravens don't use the franchise tag that often anyway. They're not going to want to use the franchise tag on Lamar and just ride out next year going through this entire thing again. I don't think – I just don't think – if I was in the organization, I just wouldn't want to take this anymore. I wouldn't want to have this conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think they're right. I think it will happen even earlier than that. I don't think it's going to like ride into the draft. I think that there's going to be an idea, and there's going to be no shortage of teams that want Lamar Jackson. So if you're the Ravens, I mean the Jets, the uh, Vegas, like Colts, there, there's going to be no shortage Texans. of the Colts. Like Seattle, take your pick. Like Miami. it changes the it changes the the uh, not for the two and on people. It changes the like trajectory, especially like if you're the Jets and you feel like they the, that fan base for the like thinks that they are a great quarterback away from being a real contender because they have a lot they like a lot of their roster. Like that's a swing that they might take. Vegas is the same thing. It's like they feel like they need to win. They've got Devontae Adams. Like let's take a swing. We've given up on Derek Carr. We don't have a rookie. This is once I think I said this a couple weeks ago. This is a QB draft. I don't think anyone's like totally in love with any of these guys. It's similar to last year where it's like people kind of like Bryce Young. They like CJ Stroud. Both those guys have shown a lot in different games. There's some other guys below them, like Will Levis and all these other guys, and that'll work itself out through the process. But if you can go get Lamar, I think teams are going to do that. So I think that that bidding war is not going to like go that far. I think the Rams are going to find the best deal and go get it. But yeah, maybe and maybe it'll be Maria. We shall see. But I agree with that take that it will not stretch into the draft. It will. It just just no way. Yeah, because well, again, I'm just thinking about. I mean, again, you hire. You know, you're doing these interviews with offensive coordinators. Again, like you said, Taylor, speculation that they will fire. You know, Greg Roman, whenever. But it's like if you're bringing Cliff Kingsbury in, you know, you're being like, hey, here's our here's our personnel, here's our skill set. You know, draw up a play, and if it's like, well, who's a quarterback? Is it? 
you know, a big question mark there? Is it Lamar for sure? So again, I, I, and like I said, that's probably a better conversation for the off season once we let this stuff develop. But I think that's an interesting thing too, you know, a, a wrinkle. Cause if, is it like, Hey, do you take this job in Baltimore um, where there's kind of a question mark at the quarterback position? Or do you go to a place, uh, you know, again, someone who fires their offense coordinator, but, but they, you know, have a set roster and, and again, a decent playmaker at quarterback. So it's interesting. Yep. We shall see. It will be, it will be very, very fascinating. Um, and it all starts with what happened Sunday. Ravens, Bengals, eight thirty. Sunday night football. Um, predictions for this one. I don't know if we need it. We we just saw this game, so no need to, no need to pop through this. If the if the Ravens have a healthy quarterback, this is a different game. If it's not, it's gonna be a similar game to Sunday, in my opinion. There's not really a much X's and O's or intangibles to talk about beyond that. Banks, your prediction. I don't know why I woke up on Monday morning feeling good about this one. I don't know why. Can't explain it. Ravens 20, Bengals 17, JT. Wow. RDT. I'm sticking with my prediction last week. I think 31-13 Bengals. I like I don't it's it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens won. I just I don't think it I don't I just don't think it'll happen. Like like we said, even if Lamar comes back, it's been 5 or 6 weeks of as far as we know, no practice, no real. I, I just can't imagine if Lamar's see... been rope doping just in the indoor, just every week. Just you know, there's he's just working out individually with Harbaugh. They're just lapping to each other this whole time. That'd be right? crap. Like, That's not happening. But high five, and I'm sure the NFL would yeah, not be happy. With that. <laughs> they no. would get fined a lot. They would get. He comes out fresh, no no knee brace. I just again, I can't see in in a game like this on a Sunday night in Cincinnati against a team that I, you know, I think a team that's very good. They're playing very well the last couple of weeks, being able to just flip a switch and being like, you know, 2019, 2020 Lamar, we're back, baby. Um, again, especially with, with the weapons they have, I think the defense is very good, but I just don't know. Um, I don't think the firepower is there. Obviously that's not a hot take or anything, but Sammy Watkins fumbling a ball, you know, it's not, <laughs> I mean, poor Sammy. Poor there were some Sammy. hilarious plays in that game. I mean, the the first yeah. Anthony Brown interception was laugh out loud. Oh my god, that's like that. Oh, drops back to throw. Oh, he's gonna throw downfield. Oh, <laughs> it was. I yeah, I, uh, there was just I watched no no Ravens there. I watched zero snaps of it because we we had Maryland's going on, and I was gonna put it on as I was working just in the corner just to peek at it. And it was 10 nothing Bengals, and I was like, ah, I'm just going to focus on the terms here as we sit at Xfinity Center. Um, I am going to go a little between you guys. I think the Ravens are going to put up a fight here. I think they will go down on, you know, on their shield or on their, with their sword, whatever that saying is. I think they lose 24-16. I think they stay in the game. I think the Bengals just have a little too much late pull away, uh, and the season ends. I don't hate the idea of them keeping it at like a 2017 type of game banks. I just think they're going to have so many things go there. Right? I don't think they're going to get blown out like the 31-13 score. I, I mean, they could. Like that's there's a scenario that definitely plays out that way. I think they're just going to they're going to do enough to keep it to themselves in the game, but just ultimately not have enough horses to to get over the line. So I think it's 24-16, and we uh, we do a eulogy to the season on uh, on Sunday night at like midnight or something. Um. So that was the part so, I was mad about was the eight thirty game being like, fuck. Yeah, it, it, this would have been nice to play like in the afternoon. 
Saturday at four thirty would have been fine with me. Yeah. Don't, 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 Terps, no, Terps play Sunday. No, Terps play Sunday at four thirty. So I would have. I would have been Terps okay. Will not with, conflict. I would have been okay with this being the four thirty on uh, Saturday. Now it doesn't work out great for the Terps because, admittedly, obviously, when you have a lot of crossover between Ravens fans and Maryland fans. And during these Ravens games, a lot of the Baltimore fans just check out from the Terps, which just stinks for us. So this is going to happen again because the Terps are going to end if we, you know, beat Iowa at six thirty. All the Ravens fans are just going to be stressed about the Ravens and locked into the Ravens. And I get it; it's a playoff game, but um, should be interesting. I'm excited to watch. I don't even know if I'm excited to watch it, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Real, real quick, Taylor, before you transition. Have you seen this WWE stuff? It's continuing to snowball. Right now? For what it's worth, I'm told the Saudi deal is done and they're taking the company private. Apparently, WWE was sold to the Saudis. Yeah, the the investment fund I saw, over there is doing I their saw, thing. So I saw that rumor. That's that earlier is insane. Week. You're, you're going to see Phil Mickelson get Stone Cold stunned at some point here in the next you year. You probably are. No, you Phil, 100%. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Phil, Phil and Dustin Johnson and Brooks are going to be in a ladder that? match. Who's reporting that? Where's that? Um, It was – oh, <sighs> shit. Where did it go? I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, 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 give me two seconds. Um, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net. Mm. The owner of Bodyslam.net with 6,800 followers. Um, but it seems to be picking up steam. Carabas and JJ were texting about it in our group chat, so mm. they said they said, yeah, it's sold to the fucking Saudis. It's gonna be very Rumor interesting. Rumor is they might buy Twitter too. It's gonna be they very interesting. They're just about to open it up. Takes, that takes WWE. I don't think that's gonna take WWE in a good direction. But well, not like they've been headed in a good direction in the last 20 years. No, I mean, well, the, the, so the funny part is, um, W, so WWE, this is now, we're now going down a weird path. WWE is talking wrestling. <laughs> was very much like in a, was very much like in a rut creatively. And I, this is coming from somebody that has watched the product very closely at times over the past, like 15 years. And then I pull out right now. I'm in a time where I'm just not watching as much. I'm like paying attention and I follow their social, but I'm not like watching week to week a ton. And not watching the the premium live events, which is they call what they call pay per views now, um, but they were like in a rut creatively. And then recently, with all the Vince stuff, Vince was the head of creative. Vince got pushed out for you know paying hush money to you know people he was sexually harassing. Oh, women, the absolute <laughs> clown that Vince is for as an unbelievable businessman as he has been. He has just been, I think, probably not as great of a human. Um, and so Triple H. Paul of Beck, Triple H, the game, the King of Kings, the, the, uh, the Hunter uh, Herms, uh, what was his name? Hunter, Hunter Herms Helmsley. The, yeah. Um, yeah. He took over as a creative. He had previously led NXT, which is WWE's like developmental brand. It then became kind of a third brand. Now it's more developmental brand. Done an amazing job. He took WWE in some good creative directions the past like three or four months. Not everything's perfect, but they have some like good things going on. Mm-hmm. He's brought a lot of people They were back. on the right path. They, they were on the right path. And now, if this goes this way and Vince comes back as head of creative and like Triple H is out or, you know, their CEO is Nick Khan, who used to work for CAA, 
the, the whole thing is like very interesting. There will be a book written about this at some point that is going to be a sensational book. There is going to be a sensational WWE oral history. Sensational. And somebody needs to write it before Vince dies. They have to get Vince. Someone has to do this book. It would be one of the great books. So now uh, that concerns me a little bit in terms of WWE's overall future, but I need to delve yeah. more into it. I Like I said, you asked me about it before the podcast and I was like, oh, I haven't really like jumped into this a ton. I will now be jumping this a ton. The Saudi investment fund thing to me is a disaster based on how they run live golf. That thing is a total joke. And the way it's been promoted and whatever. Um, if they just buy WWE and just let WWE do WWE things without the pressure Stay of stockholders, it. that actually might not be a bad thing for WWE because they don't have to think about the stock price anymore and they can just kind of like do their thing. And yes, they're going to act as a, a like, you know, microphone for the sports wash that the Saudis yeah. are trying to do. That is going to happen. But I think most WWE fans are probably just going to like be like, oh, the wrestling's good and the entertainment's good. I don't really care. Whereas golf, the entire narrative about live golf is that it's sports washing. WWE is so much ingrained brand equity that I don't know if that will like be as much of a storyline. It will be for some people, probably won't be for others. It's fascinating. Very fascinating. You tell me a bunch of eight year olds aren't going to be turned off by (laughs) genocide and geopolitical strife. (laughs) That's a good sum up by you. Thank you. I'll keep wa- I'll keep watching. Now, do I watch? Wow. I don't watch live. Support the Saudis. Wow. I'll keep watching WWE. I I I. Now the thing is, I'm not watching a lot of WWE right now, so maybe I won't. Maybe I'll. Maybe I would watch more to support them. I will not say that on something that's going up <laughs> on the record. <laughs> I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you listen to listen to if, listen to hear the turtle for that. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, we'll discuss that here. The turtle. I'm not going <laughs> to go into that. But the thing is, the WWE has been doing business with the Saudis for three years. They've been doing oh, these yeah. events in Saudi Arabia. They had events over there. Um, and <laughs> which SummerSlam is going to be hot over there. I'll podcast tell you that I listened to called the Getting Over Podcast was calling Blood Money in the Sand. That was the name they were, they were calling the shows. Um, yeah, so they'll probably just do more Saudi shows and probably just run the thing as it's been run. They just the biggest thing for the actual product is Vince cannot be the head of creative anymore. He can't. He's Apparently, out of touch. Here- Here's another tweet from Steve oh, Molhausen. Sources. I think I just saw that one. Sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. The company will go back to being private. Unknown events will return head of creative, but it is expected by some people. So there we go. Yeah, this is going to break. This stuff's going to all break tonight. Going to be pulling an all-nighter. WWE claims to not... JJ just goes on the Saudi Uber. JJ just goes. Men will sell their soul to Saudi instead of going to therapy. (laughs) I just this is the Vince McMahon, um, the Vince McMahon thing with wrestling fans is like one of the all time interesting. Like he is a hero for what he's done for that product. He is, you know, like. His on-screen character is like one has been at times one of the best characters of all time. At times, one of the most annoying, at least for me. He is going to be like put back on TV at some point here soon, and I'm interested to see how fans react to him. Mm-hmm. I, the guy just can't give it up. He just he's like I don't. I'm trying to think of what to compare him to. Where he just like, but this is what all these wrestlers. I mean, I mean, Ric Flair was like doing, you know, was you know, doing this stuff a year ago. He's wrestling matches. It's like these guys just cannot give it up. 
They love it's, it. They love they love everything about it. It's crazy. And Vince is a power hungry, freaking lunatic, competitive guy. So that was talking yeah. wrestling. Yeah, there's a five million, good minutes on wrestling. That's five good minutes. There's a million podcasts where if you're like a wrestling person, you can go find some deep analysis on this because this is going to be a huge, huge story at the Saudis buy them. A huge story. A lot of people thought a media company was going to buy them, like Viacom or NBC Universal or one of these things, companies that just needs IP and content. For that to be the Saudis would be pretty fascinating. Saudi public investment fund. What a situation. All right. Uh, there's not much Orioles news to talk about. Do you have a favorite promotion off of the promotional schedule, gents? Any of the bobbleheads. The bobbleheads are fire. Bobbleheads were good. I agree. Very good. You're getting, you're getting a Felix. You're getting an Adley. Season ticket holders get a special Adley. Um, there's a Mountcastle. And then I believe there is a um, an Eddie Murray 40th anniversary Eddie one, Murray, I believe. Yep. And then I think there's one more that, that I'm correct. forgetting. I tweeted it out the other day, and and if the Orioles did this, oh, there's an that, Orioles Nickelode- there's a Nickelodeon Orioles one. And that's Mount right. Castle, that looks, I think it's and it looks and Mount Castle. It looks awesome. If the yeah. Orioles were smart, and again, I tweeted this to them, they would do an Adley and Felix hugging bobblehead like they did with the Melvin Mora and Brian Roberts handshake one a couple years, like in 2005. Mm. Like I need to get over to the stadium and get more of these bobbleheads. First, I, I'm missing that one is there. free. That one is free, Orioles. Next one will cost you. Just saying. So, mm-hmm. I've already. Yeah, I, I agree. The Nickelodeon Orioles bobblehead is one. They're bringing the soccer jersey back, which you were not a fan of. No, no, I did like it. I like that. I thought it was cool. Oh, I thought you didn't. Who told me they didn't like it? No, Somebody told I don't me know. It looks like cool. It. I like it. Oh, they're, oh, they're I thought that was you. Okay. They're doing a crossover with the Ravens jer- jersey too. The purple pride jersey. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that yeah. looks like. That'll do we have? Do we have an idea if the Orioles are going to do a City Connect? I think I, it's I their season that. two, isn't it? I feel I like there's yeah, a schedule it. for it, and I think that this is our season to have it. I wonder if it I is think related everyone to is kind of just that it's going to be this year. I wonder if it's related to that. Mm. But I, why would they do? Why would they do a Ravens knockoff City Connect? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because again, when you, th- I mean, I, I don't know. I want it to be that good. Come on, Orioles! Come on, Orioles! Knock this out of the park! Knock this out of the I park! Think we talked- we talked about it before. I hope they don't mail it in with like just a Maryland flag. Like, oh, here we go. You yeah. know, it's like I think that's what it's gonna end up being though, because they'll know it'll sell. But I think that's what it's gonna end up being. But I, it would be sick if they did something different. It would be so sick. Come on, Orioles. Yeah. I want it. I want to buy it. I want to buy the merch. I want to buy the City Connect stuff. I want it. Mm-hmm. Your uniforms are also the thing is the, the great thing for the Orioles is not improving on it because the the uniforms are are ah, I can't talk are already tremendous. So just yeah. like. Just get it. Oh, so much momentum. If they can hit, like, get the spring training, everyone's feeling good, and hit and knock out of the park. Because I know when Reveal will do a great job, their content people are awesome. So, like, reveal it. Oh, that's just more momentum. We just get excited yeah. about it. Come on, on, Orioles. They'll resign Chris Tillman. That was, that was a, such a bizarre tweet to see this week. Good friend, though. Yeah. Crazy, he's only 34. Yeah. I mean, he could, if he can come back and pitch for like four or five more years. Yeah, you you missed four years. That's a long time. That is a long That's what time. I'm saying, I mean, he's fresh. The arm's fresh. The arm's sitting, chilling. The wall got pushed oh, back. You know, wall got pushed back. There was no shift. Bring back Davis. Uh, Don't let him get hot. <laughs> yeah, bring back Davis. <laughs> I mean, just bring back. bring them all back. Man, he's gonna. Man, he's gonna. Hardy's eligible for the Hall of Fame. He needs more. <laughs> he needs more. 
Oh my God. I was watching, um, and then we'll go to the starting five draft. I was watching yes network because we have it on Fios at my parents' house. And I was watching Yankees hot stove because, you know, I'm a big booty guy. So I was trying to watch any booty talk. First of all, they had Omar Manaya on the show for like 15 minutes. They just hired him. New role at the the front office. Um, But they were like going through the hall of fame ballot of whoever the yes reporter is that has a hall of fame ballot. I feel like the hype of the baseball hall of fame, like overall vote just goes down year by year. Like, this used There's to be no like a topic for like a, like a month leading into the thing. And now I, I that was the first thing, first time I was like, oh man, that's actually like coming up very soon. They started doing that separate vote and it happens like when you don't expect it, happened, it. it just comes out of nowhere. Like beginning of December, yeah. So now it's just like, I don't even know which way's up. And yeah. we're putting Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame. Who, so it's not even a, yeah. it's, it's Who not, got in with the that? whole did, thing is got a black eye on it now. Did no Forever Drift get in with Harold that Baines. thing? Was that who it was that just got in with that like veterans committee thing? I think so. I can. Oh, let me see. Um, I'm I think almost, it was Fred. I'm, I'm, I'm almost uh, positive. I think it was too. Where is it? Um, but who is it? Fred McGriff. Yeah, among these. Yeah, and then it was Barry Bonds, Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Dale Murphy, Rafael Palmer, and Don Mattingly, who didn't get the 12, 12 of the sixteen people votes. So it's, it's again. There's no bigger group of pompous, egotistical assholes than MLB. I love when voters. you do this rant every year. I love when you, you see, there was some Chicago year. guy who recreated, um, like eight men out, and he filmed a video of him in the cornfield, or like you know, like like or no, maybe it was eight when uh, yeah, eight men out, I think, and he's like shoeless Joe, and he's reading off his ballot and who he selected. Nobody gives a shit. You you fucking loser, like. The like, yes again, guy had Tom never Ricci voted video. had never voted for Gary Sheffield and it now has Gary Sheffield on his ballot. <laughs> I I hate it. How does someone become a Hall year. of Famer after they're not a Hall? This is my biggest thing about baseball. Years after he retired, yeah, it's the Whatever. worst. It's it's awful. I think um, who's gonna make it? I think um, Rollins. Oh they were talking May. about. It should be Tory Hunter. It should be or it should be Andrew Jones, not Tory Hunter. Um. You know, Trevor Hoffman, not Trevor Hoffman, uh, Billy Wagner, I think. I don't, it's, oh, he, it's Scott Rowland. I think so. I love Scott. Got that the, one, oh, well, the interesting one's going to be Carlos Beltran is going to be a very interesting one. Yeah. But, but now again, you have all the athletic writers being like, they're just being like he physically assaulted them and being like, I can't vote for a guy because he's a hall of famer. I mean, he's a hall of famer. Yeah, never lost a game as a manager. Never won a game either, but yeah, that's besides the point. But my favorite was the Philly guy. 2,700 hits. A lot of hits. The Philly guy who only voted for Jimmy Rollins. (laughs) He voted for (laughs) one person and it was Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins, by the way, not not a Hall of Famer. Sorry, Jimmy Rollins. Not even close. Not even close. No. That's a, that's Scott Rowland had 63% of the vote last year, so he's got a very good chance to get in. He doesn't have to get that much higher. Yeah. Does not have to get he's that trending much higher. Up. Jacoby Ellsbury on the ballot this year. <laughs> Your first it's time you, then I'll move on. I'm the listeners are probably like, who cares? Your first time Hall of Fame uh guys. Beltron, John Lackey, Jared Weaver, Jacoby Ellsbury, Matt Kane. This is making me feel kind of old. Johnny Peralta, Jason Worth. J.J. Hardy, 
Mike Napoli. How is Mike Napoli on this ballot? Uh, Bronson Arroyo, R.A. Dickey, Hayrod, uh, Andre Ethier, and Houston Street are your um, first time on the ballot Hall of Fame guys. Houston Jeff Street Kent's, is a damn good closer. Jeff, Jeff Kent's 10th tenth, tenth time. I don't think it's happening. Sorry, Jeff. No. Mm. Put a rod closer. Put a rod in there. Dickie, Jesus Christ. Dicky won a Cy Young. Everyone's a clown. Yeah, whatever. Starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Uh, use the promo code X52, get 20% off um, on Baltimore's favorite sunglasses. So make sure to do that. We're past the holiday, so maybe you don't have gifts to give. But the summer will be here before you know it. Spring, summer, sunglasses season. Get your sunglasses. Starting five draft presented by our friends at Fed Thrill is, uh, as I said at the top of the show, inspired by the 65-7 thrashing that TCU put on the hypnotodes of TCU last night um, in a game I did not watch a snap of. I was working Maryland wrestling um, and got to my car. It was a blowout. I never put the game on. Did not watch one snap of the national championship game. And didn't feel like I missed anything. So congrats to Georgia, who's now won back-to-back national titles as college football's lack of parity just continues to reign throughout. People just become dominant. So uh, and congrats to TCU in a great run. But that got us thinking worse blowouts. So um, I have the first pick. Banks, you have the second pick. And RDT, you have the third pick. After our sauces and condiments draft, at least among our group of friends, Banks, and you weren't there when we were talking about it on Saturday, sauces and condiments caused a lot of controversy of, of picks. Um, Do tell. People were not people were not fan of your uh, fan of your imperial sauce pick. Just that's that fine. I mean, I you know it wasn't my best pick. I'm not going to stand here and defend its position at in the third round, but. Um, I still think it's a it's a quality sauce and one that gets overlooked and one that people should get more familiar with. There you have it. Well, we can revisit the, that topic at another time. But we'll start with worst blowouts. As I said, uh, I'm starting this one off and one I really don't want to have the first pick on, but what can you do? Um, and I'm taking um one that I think gets replay gets replayed at least a few times a year. Um based on what's on um, it's notable for um, the size of the blood. It's notable for the, the, t- the television calls um, surrounding it. And uh, I am taking a uh, secretary at the Belmont 31 lengths. Absolutely. See ya to the rest of the horses. We love a good horse race around here. It's Maryland. Uh, secretary was an absolute dominant machine and uh, 31 lengths. I have a, a signed photo of the, of it from the jockey that's sitting. Oh, in my I was going to say, who signed it? Yeah, <laughs> that was going to be a hoof print. Secret- Secretariat <laughs> just with, threw the old hoof print on there for me, so I'm taking Secretariat. I'll be honest; I did not think that that would be going first overall. Yeah, it's also was... my mom loves Secretariat, so I'm just going to do that for her. Shout out to I was mom. excited to get that with the fifth pick. To be honest. Mm. I was going to go a different direction, thinking that Eric would have never taken that, which I might I be saw right. it on the list, but I I wasn't going to step on hoofs or toes there. And take yeah. It. So I mean, no, it's a it's a worthy pick. I mean, it's it's astounding. It's the picture just blows you away every time you see it. it looks it's like you just yeah, it's like oh, those horses are in a different county. 
It doesn't even make sense. Just a big, just like a, a such a goat moment and such a. It's a huge goat moment. Like that's like when like Ted Williams hitting home run in his last at bat, like type of shit. Except bigger, you know. It's just sometimes legends just do legendary shit and legendary moments. And there's no bigger stage, obviously, than than the Triple Crown. And you only get one crack at that. It's not like uh, it's not like Alex Ovechkin had. 15 cracks of the triple crown and finally broke through and got his crown. You know, you get one crack at it as a three-year-old and that's it. It's, it's an amazing performance. And, and it's, and it's like, it's one of the easy ones where you can be like, Oh, who's the best, you know, triple crown winner of all time. It's like, ah, secretary. Like there it is. That's the performance. That's all you need. Done. And yeah. won all the other races by a lot too. So uh, banks, you have the second pick. I'm taking 30 to three. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I have to take 33. I thought, I thought about taking a number one. It's just such a notorious blowout and it's so close to home. And you get Hamilton hitting the Ford dingers. And, and I just, Darren O'Day just absolutely served that last one up. I, he, I think he has a way to throw that spinner across the plate where it's just like, here, let me see how far he can hit it. And he gave it up to Josh O'Day, Hamilton. O'Day wasn't in the, he wasn't, those are two different games. Was it? Was that the, the, the four second game of doubleheader? No, O'Day wasn't on the team in, in 07. Oh, it was Bradford, I, I think. I think it was Chad. It was, yeah, it was another weird guy. Yeah, I don't think it was O'Day because I don't think O'Day was on the Orioles then. You're right. You're right. Yeah, the four home run game was crazy, I too. Think. Either way, we got shipped Sorry to poop. Sorry to rain on your parade. about it. So, no, it is what it is. 30 to 3. I mean, at 30. A 30-burger in baseball is it's tough to come back from. Well, it's also, yeah, like you said, first game of a doubleheader. The Rangers pitcher got a save in it. I think they were up going, they were like, they were up three nothing, I think, going into the third. Or going in like the sixth or something, or fourth. Yeah. The it was Orioles, like a totally normal. Like they, game they held a lease. Just... Yeah. Um yeah. the f- funny, so fun story about that. I don't know if I've ever told it on here. That was my opening day. That was orientation at McDaniel. My dad had dropped me off. First day of college, we're doing all the normal bullshit, go to your classes and, and, you know, here's where everything is. And so there was no fate. There was no Twitter. There was no, you know, there was Twitter, but it wasn't the same. There was like nothing like that. Facebook isn't what it is. I didn't have anything on my phone. So I could get back to my dorm at like, you know, seven or eight o'clock at night after that, that game had ended because it was, it started at like four 30 or something. And my dad calls me and he's like, yeah, the Orioles got killed today. And I was like, oh, what they, you know. Was it ten to one, and he's like, "No, it was thirty to three. I was like, "No, it wasn't." Like, fucking idiot! Like, there's no way. And like, I didn't have my TV set up or anything yet, so like, I had to like plug my Ethernet into my laptop, pull up ESPN, <laughs> and was like, "Oh my god, the Orioles lost thirty to three! Like, it legitimately was thirty to three. It was wild. I did not expect that. So, and then they had to come out and they played another game. It was the same day that Dave Tremblay got his uh, extension. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff there. That's 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 just a classic game. I thought I could sneak that by you for some reason. I thought mm, I'd be able to. No, no chance. I thought I'd be able to get something. Um, mine. I'll go. I'm gonna go painful here. I'll go Patriots fifty nine, Titans zero, Ooh. in the snow and the throwbacks. Yeah, that was an incredible was game. Two thousand like ten or nine or. Um, 
Patriots were up 45 nothing at half. Do you want to know the combined passing yards for uh, Kerry Collins and Vince Young in that game? It's like 37. Six. Minus seven passing yards. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great quote from Bill Belichick where he goes, I know the score got out of hand after a team piled up 619 total yards. Quote, but we were just trying to run our offense. <laughs> like, that's just <laughs> <laughs> that's an incredible quote. It's a great quote. And like it's such a bell check. Like, yeah, we were just trying to run the offense. Like, yeah, you scored four, four, you know, 59 points and had 619 yards of offense. That was like, I remember like looking up and just being like, ah, second half team, it's 45 nothing. It can't get much worse. And it was like I think Brady is Jeff Fisher's not still half. coaching the, who's coaching the Titans at that point. That was Fisher, yeah. Because Vince Young, really, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, true. That was, uh, yeah, yeah not a crazy. Great one. It's a funny like highlight tape to go back and watch. Like there was like you could not see anything on the field because of the amount of snow, and like Randy Moss was still just dicing them up. Like it was, it was very unfair. Um, but so I will go that one, and then I will take uh any Terps football game in week one. Like you toss <laughs> up like a uh, a Howard or. You know, they always play some cupcake, and it's always like yeah. six, right. 65. A couple 13. Texas wins in there. A couple Texas wins in there week one. Yeah, West yeah. Virginia win in there. Yeah. I thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to go the other way and go Maryland football against <laughs> some of the Big Ten big boys over the last few years. That's what I thought you were going to do. I could have, but. No, he's no, going coming the winning back. side. The winning side yeah. against and your Howards and your Towsons and, and all that. Yeah. You just yeah. love to see the small schools get killed. Morgan State's. Oh, what a Cam guy Newton's you are. Brother, Cam Newton's brother comes in for Howard, and they're just beating the snot out of him. Yeah, he started. Yeah, and I remember that, and being like, oh, this this could be interesting, and then it was not. And, like, some of the old – like, I forget who like, One of those, like, 70 to 3. Yeah, not when they played Northern Illinois and lost at Northern Illinois. That ruined my, like, entire – that was awful. Horrible. I was very upset Horrible. at that. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll go any Terps football game in week one against Cupcakes. Thanks. Well, you just you you either stole my thunder or you made my pick even better because I'm taking Maryland football after any four and zero start. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Primetime yeah. game at home. Yeah, uh, it doesn't always have to be prime time, but they're always going to be in the top twenty five between probably twenty one and twenty five. It might be FSU, it might be Penn State, it Iowa. might be Iowa. It could be a lot of a lot of characters out there, but. Um, as soon as you start to think that this program has arrived and that the, you know, that the hot start might be real. Yeah. For back. Oh, cut out. oh and that was the mic. I thought it was cut out. Yeah. There we go. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Am I just back? giving me one finger. Yes. Oh, You're back. a little muffled. I'm not back. I'll, t- I'll I'll talk to you. Um, yeah, I mean that this has happened. The the, the Terps open the season strong, and then the, the Maryland football has some interesting stuff with Blutz, and I don't think we need to get too deep into it. At least I don't feel the need to. Those yeah, Iowa and Penn State games were very very painful for yeah, me. Yeah, the very, Iowa very went la- Iowa was last year. So, uh, I, I don't know. It was yeah. for the year before the COVID year. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I, I that was can't. Last year. Yes, yes. It was last year because it was Leah. Yeah, it, it was, was last year. So I keep getting, bad. I keep thinking of Josh Jackson and Penn State. So bad. <laughs> what can you do? Oh, that's that's a good one though. That's that's. I feel like my pick improved definitely improved his pick. I'll take the assist on that. 
I am going to go with – I'm going to go with Tiger at the 97 Masters. Just an absolute waxing of the field. Um, historic victory. Started the entire Tiger professional golf revolution. And uh, it's a fun one that they look back on like every three years on CBS in a different way. So we see it all the time. I win for the ages. Thank you, Jim Nance. What a great call. So I'm taking that. Mm-hmm. A couple, couple of potential Tiger ones in here. Uh, had another one on the board that I thought about taking. But I'm going to take the. I'm going to take the one at Augusta. Yeah, me and a Banks here, Augusta guys. Yep. I, I remember. I'm going to take. I remember being at a buddy's house and like in the neighborhood, and all our dads were watching it. And I just remember the dads being like, "This is unbelievable. Like you will never see anything like this again." Just like being glued to the TV and just being like, "This is just awesome." And like just just going nuts, so that's a good one. This is one I could probably get deeper in the draft, but I'm just going to take it now because I think it's like one of the most shocking sporting events I've watched in the last decade or so in terms of how it went. I'm taking Germany seven, Brazil one in the 2014 World Cup semifinals in a game where it was almost like some as it, this was happening to Brazil, this was. At home for Brazil, they were you know, expected to win the World Cup at home by everybody there, not by everyone on the outside, but by everybody in the country. They had played, they had like gone on this emotional run to the semis, you know, Neymar and all these guys, and they're riding high. And they're even if they lose, there's no possible way they lose in any type of like devastating fashion. And Germany just absolutely pounded them they were up five nothing after 30 minutes and i remember watching the game and being like i cannot believe this is happening like being totally stunned like mouth agape that this was pot and the brazilian players were just like crying in the middle of the game like the the like the fans are just stunned It, it, it was it was shocking it was just legitimately shocking and um I haven't seen a lot of sporting events like because it had all of the like a lot of these happen at home games, but not with like the emotional weight of a team playing the World Cup in its home country, especially one that cares as much about its history and about its prestige and about that sport like Brazil does. There, there haven't been many sporting events I would say in the history of you know what you know sports like that event. It was it was wild and I will never forget it. it will always be one like people are like shocking blow. It will just always come into my head. It came in immediately when we talked about this topic. So Germany said Brazil won the 2014 World Cup. Uh, Banks. I'm going to go with the 2014 Big Ten Championship game. Go Ohio State mm. 59, Wisconsin 0. Just a stunning result. Um, Cardell Jones, correct? Cardell Jones, that's right. Uh, Wisconsin was actually favored in this game because oh. <laughs> Ohio State was onto their third quarterback on the depth chart, which was a relative unknown at the time named Cardell Jones. And uh, who was, it was JT Barrett. Not, who, who was the other quarterback? Was it Braxton Miller? Braxton yeah, Miller. What a name. Yeah, I'm not here to play school. Cardell Jones. <laughs> Cardell Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, they just ship pumped them. And uh, it was exactly the type of statement when they needed to get into the inaugural uh, CFP, which if I remember right, they took they they went all the way with that. I think so. Is that right, Taylor? That is correct. Yep, yep, yep. That's correct. Yeah. And then so, they went. Yeah, with that's that's a Zeke Elliott team. That's a Zeke Elliott team. Big time. Yeah, they, 
Was that Oregon? They beat Oregon? I think. Yes, Oregon and Bama in the semis. I think Bama has the four seed in the semis and then Oregon in the finals, right? That could be wrong. Right. I think that was Mariota, yeah. Oregon Mariota has you. Because Mariota had FSU in the Jameis Winston game after Jameis won the national title the year before, right? And that was the one where where Jameis just like coughed the ball up in hilarious fashion. Yeah, but the end, that's like in the Rose that's like where where the Jameis we've come to know in the league Mm kind of like showed his face a little bit more. So. You got, was there one more? No, I'm the middle guy. Oh, yeah. shit. All right. So it's two. That's a good one, Banks. I'd forgotten about that. Um, bu- 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 um, I'll go this famous one. They that they always show it on Sports Center for some reason. Like it always every year. Cumberland versus Georgia Tech, 222 to nothing. It's just like the famous like first blowout ever in 1916. Cumberland's team had discontinued. They discontinued the football program before the season, but they didn't allow them to cancel the game against Georgia Tech, so they had to play it. And I guess Cumberland's baseball team beat Georgia Tech earlier that year, 22-0. So their their coach, Georgia Tech's coach, John Heisman, felt inclined to run up the score. Said Cumberland finished with 90, minus 96 yards rushing. Johnny Heis. Passing. Uh, well, Tech finished with 1,620 yards and uh, 1,620 yards rushing and no passes thrown. Just, I mean, you want to talk about not letting go of something like Cumberland's baseball team beating them 22 nothing, like in in just enraged them that much, 222 to nothing. So that like Sports Center loves that one for some reason. They absolutely love it. Um, so I'll take that as my first one. Um. Next one, I'll go um, the 2014 Super Bowl, 43 to eight, mm-hmm. the Seahawks for uh, the Broncos, and that like that unbelievable sucks. Peyton Manning offense. You know, it got Adam Gase how many years of a job? Like multiple years paid. Um, and then the first snap was it was like this game is done, safety on the first snap, um, and then again it was just never, never close. And I mean the Seahawks. Legion of Boom just dominated. Um, like I said, Manning threw 55 regular season touchdowns, 37.9 points per game. Did nothing in this game. It was and like that was the one in um in New York or New Jersey, I guess. And like it was cold, and it was kind of rainy, I think. It was just a miserable game all around. But just nobody saw the Broncos getting, you know, I'll take one of your words, shit pumped like that. It just it wasn't even close. It was never a game. So I'll, I'll take that one for my next one. Thanks. I don't have much to add there. Hmm. I'm going to take Tiger Woods at the U.S. Open. I just got to have Tiger on my board. Um, 15-shot victory. He shot 12 under par, a U.S. Open record at Pebble Beach. Um, Ernie Els and Miguel Angel Jimenez, runners-up at three over. They really should have sent those two out for a playoff. Just to just to give them something to play for. I mean, <laughs> just just... I don't know. I if you had a ticket to that event, like if you weren't watching Tiger, like 
what were you doing? Like you should get a refund. So in order to just spice it up, they should have just let those two duke it out for a second place trophy or something. It was the first of his, uh, the first win on his way to the Tiger Slam. So it was kind of the pe- yes. people called it the greatest tournament ever golfed, and it's at an iconic venue, um, and a, not a terribly long venue. But the way you know, for for professional golfers to not be able to shoot under par there across four tournaments or four uh, rounds is um, means that they really dialed up the difficulty on that course in a big way. And for him to just like not even blink and shoot 12 under and the guy finishes the round. Like he had a score set in his brain and he just like competed and made the, you know, he, he wanted that record at 12 under and that's what he got. Like he was grinding out on the 18th green to just finish out with 12 under. That, I remember, that is one of my first, like, very vivid golf tournament watching memories. And just watching, I it just, there was just no way. I don't, I think I've said this before. There was nothing like Young Tiger. And, like, as a kid, he was mesmerizing because golf, I think, in your head was like a boring sport. And he made it so incredibly exciting. And th- that was like one of the moments that made you, like, fall in love with how exciting it was from him. So it's a good pick. Like it was, it was absolutely wild what he was doing there. And of course, as you said, it was like very, very tough. Um, all right. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do here. Um, I'm going to move away from sports. Uh, I'm going to take world war two battle midway. Um, U.S. just absolutely giving Japan that work uh, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, Midway Islands. Um, took out four fleet characters for Japan. Turning point in the Pacific. Uh, Pacific. Um, why is the, the term not area of the war? There's a there's a better word to say that, but I, it's 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 um it's the war people can get on me. Um, yeah, battle that way. I almost took another one involving the Germans, but I'll I'll go with the Japanese here in the, in the U.S. Got that work done in Midway. Good job by them. Uh, so I'm going to grab that, put that on the board. And then, I mean, I hate to do this. I, I do hate to do this because, you know, it, it was tough for a lot of people involved. But you got to take Drago versus Apollo. I mean, that was just absolutely tough for Mr. Apollo. Just getting oh, absolutely brutal. Man. Yeah, tough, tough. Blowout. I mean, what can you do? I mean, don't don't showboat. Don't dance out to James Brown when you got a certified freaking killer on the other side. Sticks. Frank, I want Apollo to be alive. Up. Frank the Tank tweeted out that analogy last night during the game. How, I mean, on the heels of Hamlin, like, come on. It's just boxing. It's also talk about some train. Talk about some trainers who were not on their game that night. It's also move. Well, Rocky's got to throw the talent. That's also he's got to throw the talent. You got to throw the talent there. I mean, Negligence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, first of all, it's an exhibition. So what Drago was doing was ridiculous. The whole thing is so ridiculous. Rocky Four is an amazing movie. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, what can you say? RIP to Apollo. God, I love the Rocky movies. I just wanted to get a movie in there. I was trying to give a better one, but that's the one that kept coming to my head. So thanks. Your final pick. Um, I'm going to go outside of sports for a little bit. 
I have no choice but to do this. I'm sorry, Taylor. Do you know what's coming? No. I am going to be taking Team Europe at the 2022 Captain's Cup, 17 to 5 over Taylor's USA. Um, just an absolute wow. shit pumping, pretty much from beginning to end. Um, there was a glimmer of hope there going into the final round that you know you guys could maybe make a run at it, and I believe we cleaned up seven and a half out of the eight points that day. I might be wrong on that. Certain people who didn't uh, who care could for say my... who who could say a certain somebody who had some thoughts about my imperial sauce pick got shit pumped five and four in a nine hole round there. Sorry about it. Who could say? Who could say? So. I I can't comment. I made a lot of long putts. That's all I remember. One of the days. That's all I. That was the I final remember. day. You came out rolling putts, and it's like, oh, geez. I I tried. I tried. I didn't have much else. That's those four holes were pretty much all the I hole just got, got in the way of some 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 quick pace putts from Mister Smythe. I mean, look, we drained those things, baby. I we had to go out and make them. Yeah, I mean, we got killed. No, I mean, I said it. I said it. I said it after. I mean, we got killed. There's no doubt about that. There's no excuses. There's no excuses to be made. We did have a guy on our team set the record for most beers drank in a captain's cup, Mister Rajat. So we've got that going for us. Um, That self-appointed record, but um, that that I did not give any any mind to on the 18th hole. Did not care about that, but that's apparently on our resume. Uh, Look, I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do. You, You you go out, you lose. You take it on the chin and you move on to the next year. That's that's how the Captain's Cup goes. There was going to be a blood at some point in the Captain's Cup. The other two had been so unbelievably close that at some point that was going to happen. And that's what happened this year. And I hate to be I hate to be at the, you know, the captain of the team that had that happen to them. You don't want to be that. But as the leader, I have to take responsibility. And that is what I've done. So congrats to Team Europe once again. Thank you. RDT, get me away from this topic. <laughs> I will go to a much uh, more joyful topic. Um, I'm taking any blowout um, that a baby has. Okay. I don't think you guys can have experienced that, but well, you I don't experience remember. it. You don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. Down the legs, up the back, in the oh car seat. God. Yeah. I don't know how graphic this 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 one, this one might have gone off the rails the last three picks here. <laughs> well, see, I I knew I could take this one. Which is what the draft but should I, be. Which is what the draft should be. This is what the draft I knew be. this was not going top four. No, I certainly wasn't. I not on my board. Not in any. I, in I was going to call bullshit. Board. I was going to. I was planning on calling bullshit if any of you, if either of you guys had taken it. Wouldn't have even thought of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I when All I heard right. the blowout, that's what I, I would have maybe thought of like the the stalls on a Monday morning in the fall at work. You know, nine thirty a.m. I took. <laughs> I took Secretariat, Tiger at the 97 Masters, Germany and Brazil, uh, Battle of Midway, Rocky Apollo. Banks takes the um, 33. Uh, Maryland football after Forno starts. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Tiger Woods at the U.S. Open, and Team Europe at the 2022 Captain's Cup. Um, RDT takes Patriots, Titans, Terps football early blowouts. Week one, I think, was the term used. Georgia Tech, Cumberland in whenever that was the 2014 Super Bowl and a baby, the blowout that a bit, I don't know how you phrase that baby blowout. Baby blowout. Baby Everyone blowout knows works. 
I didn't have a lot of honorable mention here. Is I, I enjoy when USA basketball absolutely works teams in the Olympics. That's always mm-hmm. a fun one, but I didn't That's have a specific fun. one that came to mind. The, USA the Nigeria is like the notable one. Yeah, but I like Angola. when they just brutalize teams. It's fun. What did Chuck? Fun. What did Chuck? And, say it, about- and in a shout out to my. And a shout out to my my UConn connections. Um, I enjoy when UConn women's basketball blows teams out now because I'm a big UConn guy. So I now I'm on the good side of that. Those blowouts. That so shout, out, shout out to the Huskies. You Tiger guys Woods. Tiger Woods over Stephen Ames, nine and eight. Mm. That's a good. That's one people forget about. People do forget about that one, but that was something. That was absolutely yes, something. Was. Uh, another good one there. Anthony Kim against Sergio was was an absolute demol- demolition in the mm. Ryder Cup back when Sergio was good, or That's back when shame. Anthony Kim was good. Yeah, that is a shame. There's a podcast to be done about that. RDT. I just had one. I'd never heard of it before tonight when I was looking it up. South Korea ninety two, Thailand zero. Uh, the caption was the sentence was not much is known about the nineteen ninety eight Asia Oceania Junior Championships. Except that hats were tossed onto the ice like candy by the looks of it. Even the Zamboni was scoring goals. So I guess South Korea beat Thailand 92 nothing in a uh, junior hockey tournament. Yeah. Which... I mean, Iceland over over USA in the preliminary stages of the 92 uh, junior goodwill games. I want to say it was a 13 to 1 or 2. It was a shit pumping for sure. Could um, any Any... Any team that played against the uh, first half Cleveland Indians in Major League could say, "Yeah, yeah." More on topic, uh, the um, just thinking of some Ravens examples. The one where Flacco threw for five touchdowns in Tampa in the first quarter—that was fucking sweet. The, Mi- the Miami game, the Miami game, the Rams game, Monday Night Football in twenty nineteen. Um, on the losing side, the Jaguars London game, that was a tough one. Um, I think there was there was definitely a Steelers one for and against. We had an opening day one where we we absolutely blasted 30, them, thirty five nothing or something, right? Including a Sam Cook fake extra point sprint up the middle for a two point conversion. That was sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, Super Bowl thirty five. Super Bowl 35 was a blowout. People forget the Giants blew out the Vikings in the NFC Championship. Yep. Just I remember that. 40, before that. It was 41 like 41 7, I think. Something like They're that. 41 yeah. 7 or 41 nothing. I remember watching that at Planet Hollywood in the Inner Harbor. Planet uh, Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, right. How about that? That could be a blowout. It's M- Mimi's birthday. Planet Hollywood. Mimi's birthday launch. Mm mm. Mm-mm. Ah, Planet Hollywood. I do Planet Hollywoods exist anymore? I don't I, think they do. I don't know. There can't be any. I would be surprised. Planet Hollywood. Let's look. Oh, oh, Vegas. That that's not surprising, I guess. Yeah, that that has to be the only only one left. Let's see. Number of I could see there being like an Orlando one or something. Yep, headquarters. Headquarters, Orlando, Florida. <laughs> sure. Uh, locations as of May twenty two: Las Vegas, L.A., LAX, Walt Disney World, Bay Street Entertainment Center, St. Julian's, Malta. Uh, there's one in Qatar and New York City. Sweet. Opening fall 2022. Hell, let's go. We're back, baby. 
Who's back of the week? Hell yeah. All right. Nick Henry Medley, Maryland person of the week. Apologies, I got distracted by some some break. <clears throat> the uh the DePaul Blue Demons are about to be uh Villanova men's basketball. So shout out to our my, our good friend Cassidy Allenby. Um works for DePaul. And we were t- we were talking about what they should tweet for a final score graphic. I don't have many good ideas. Let's keep it about them. Um <laughs> Sean, Sean was like, What are you doing? I was like, ah, oh, recording X52. Um Nick and Medley, Maryland person of the week. Uh, RDT on uh, the Orioles. It's football or it's baseball season now. Football's over. <laughs> just done. We're just flushing it. We're fully on. The, so we're still on goal watch with Ovi, obviously. And I got my Terps, but the football season is complete. Nothing else is happening as far as I'm concerned. So we're getting ready for a warm and sunny Sarasota. No need to worry about playoffs. We're just. Cruising in the baseball season. Sure. Bad week. I mean, for some people, football season is still going on, but nope, nope. whatever. We're done. We are done. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing this I, week. I, I had nothing. I'm exhausted. I, nothing. I got absolutely nothing. I, I got one. I got, I got one for you. It, it will. It will. Re- it will result in the cancellation of our last segment because I don't know how to transition this. Uh, I have to give it to the the recently passed uh, Smythe family dog, Nell Smythe, 16 and a half year old black lab, passed away Friday. Of course. Uh, one, of the, one of the great dogs, um, a, la- a black lab that had no interest in retrieving anything ever, just did not retrieve, um, but was one of the all-time very pretty dogs and very nice dogs. And uh, we will miss her very much. So I can't do the entire SVP dog tribute because that is one of oh. the great pieces of television and emotional things you'll ever watch. But dogs really do are the best and they mean everything to a family. And they are like such a part of like when you leave for a while, like, you know, we got this dog when I was 13. So um, that's like through high school, through coming back through college, through like coming back home and like working – you know, living at home and then now living in Baltimore and going back home. And like, now was always in the same spot, lived an amazing life. 17 Christmases, four presidents. Amazing. Mm. Um, lo- Very long for a lab. Labs normally go to like 13, 14, like, like even younger to get to 16 and a half. Pretty amazing. So shout out to her. Shout out to Nell, who hey, we great, named. Great run. When I said, mom, we should name the dog Nelly after the rapper. And mom was like, eh, do we want to name it after Nelly the rapper? How about Nell? And that's how we got to the name. So, wow there you go black labs labs are the best i love labs i love dogs i love dogs so yes. that's my that's, uh that's a had to give it had to, run. an amazing run what an amazing life what an amazing life and and just was rolling until the end was still trucking along about two weeks ago and then as it does for all dogs it eventually you know you start to see the signs and you have to do what you have to do but very they, sad they let you they let you know they let you know when it's they the do time. they do they do um, and, and, and as but, people said, I, I heard this from a million people, as I sort of told some people like that is, you know, having to, I hate using like the term, put your dog down. Cause that sounds like so aggressive, but like that process is one of the hardest things. It, it, that was, it was sad. <laughs> it was a tough hour. Like you're like there and you're doing it. And, you know, I'm sure a bunch of listeners and people have, have gone through that before. Like that's a very hard process, but 
yeah, they, they let you know, you know, and you want it to end peacefully and, and all those different things. But yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you guys how my parents put down our dog, like in 2020, September, 2020, we, our dog, Bella was older. Yeah. It was not COVID related. We'll put that out. Well, <laughs> thanks for that. Had to put that, out that. The what, are we do- what are we doing dog. right now? <laughs> just a quick dog. Wait, just a quick dog putting down. Is this segment. story gonna go somewhere worthwhile? Yeah. So 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 we. I'm sitting there. We knew that Bella was get. She had a huge tumor. The tumor was like 30 pounds on the side of her. They would drain it. It would come back. It was just. It was massive. So my sister and I get a text. Hey, we're, you know, we're taking Bella to the vet today. They're going to check her out. Like, okay, awesome. I go in for a job interview. I come out of the interview, turn my phone on, and I have a text from my dad saying, Bella, to me and my sister saying, Bella loved you very much with pictures of like her eating one last cheeseburger. And I was like, wait, what? Like the, the dog was sitting in the driveway with and, and with eating a cheeseburger. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? And he was like, oh yeah, we put Bella down. And it was like, you couldn't even tell me? Like that's so that that's how I found out that we were putting our dog down was was that coming out of a job interview being like, yeah, your dog loved you. It's like, oh, thanks for the heads up. Couldn't have waited two hours for me to get there. So and I I did show my mom the SVP. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I showed my mom the SVP like dog thing after she watched all the sports center coverage of of the DeMar Hamlin thing. And I was like, you got to hear svp is like one big thing on his dog and she was just like i don't think i could watch it in my oh no no, no. having to do it i don't think i could watch it it was unbelievable so that's my dog story yeah legend that's nick kinder medley 16 and a half years yes that's nick kinder medley for the week (laughs) once again we'll cancel our final segment because i can't transition to that um and that will be the completion of the show we will be back sunday uh, for an instant analysis podcast after whatever. Hopefully the Ravens season continues. Um, we're, we're doing mothers again. We're running it back. Oh, they're running it back. We're okay. It back. I can make it this time. I'll, I'll be there. I will come. Okay. Tremendous. I can't See wait. See there, Taylor. Um, yeah, I will. I, I can guarantee my presence this week. I will be at, at mothers with Banks. <laughs> I'm sure that'll bring a lot more people in. Woo. Um, woo. Woo. Um, that's awesome. You're going to publicize that. That's out or... I've uh, yet to to you know I got to talk to a graphics guy. I just get a couple of things tweaked, you know. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Whip up a graphic, our guy. Marty. Yeah, right. right, um, right. Awesome. So <laughs> yeah, show up. Um, show <laughs> show up Sunday. We'll we'll be we'll be out there with the people and uh, watching the Ravens game. That will be fun. Um, and we'll, then we'll have an instant analysis. Well, probably a little intoxicated then. No matter how it goes, uh, I'm talking Ravens, and uh, hopefully that's previewing a little bit of a game next week or um, ending a season. So we will be back for that on Sunday. Uh, appreciate all the support for our sponsor, Thread Level Midnight, Fed Thrill. Thread Level Midnight and Fed Thrill is always an interesting one for me to say, but back-to-back. And Jimmy Seafood, uh, you can follow us on social media uh, at Barstool Banks, at TaylorSmite10, at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow the podcast at Exit52Podcast. Um, make sure to you know review, subscribe, all those different things on all of your platforms. And we will see you next time on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.